0: is what he's
1: oh hi we're live
0: hi Hi.
1: We're,
0: hi. does anyone remember <laughs> that
1: <laughs> yeah welcome okay guys so this is tanisha and this is shana and welcome back to i hate everyone and
2: you probably do too
1: so we are back this week and we have a special guest um this is we're really actually, exciting this is really exciting because this is our first official like guests, someone has reached out to us um, through an agency, and we're totally excited about this. It's very much in line with everything that we've been talking about since day one. You guys know how much Shane and I are all about baseline and self love and just finding what works for you and keeping your balance. Um, so, we want to welcome Jonathan today. Hi, Jonathan. Hi, Hello Jonathan.
0: there. Yes. I'm so excited.
1: <laughs> we are too. <laughs> Super excited. So we're going to let you tell um, the audience a little bit about yourself, um, just so that they get a little background of
0: who you are. Sure. Well, professionally, I'm a dating and relationship coach, a specializing. I mostly work with women over 40, um, partly because I help them understand the male perspective. Um However, lately, I've been getting a lot of clients that are 20 and 30 years old.
1: Okay. I'm definitely 33. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Jonathan, you still with us? Oh, Uh -oh. no. Did it happen again? Can you hear me? Oh, yes. Can you hear us?
0: I can hear you. I can hear you.
1: Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So that's definitely us. Cause I'm 33. I'm
2: 33.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so that's perfect. So
0: it's interesting. I say this because I, I niched myself in midlife, especially helping women understand men over 40 and going through divorce and that sort of thing. But so many women now reach out. They're like, I'm the big brother. I'm like the big uncle they wish they had <laughs> <laughs> That helps them understand men and protect them from the bad guys and help them find the right guys.
1: I think we yeah. both need that.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> um, it's funny because I just recently, I think it was last week, I deleted um, all my dating apps. I deleted all the numbers I had from guys that I met through a dating app. I just yeah. had like one last straw that what is it how he said broke the camel's back and i was yeah. just yeah um so i'm definitely curious to see how this conversation goes today um
0: by the way i always think it's funny when people like i do a spring cleaning of my contacts and my phone and i'm doing searches for match bumble hinge Okay, Cupid, because that's the last name of everybody. So the first <laughs> right. name would be like, you know, Jonathan Bumble or you know, Tammy Bumble. Okay, well, I haven't spoken this person <laughs> in a while. Delete that. So, so you right. remember where you met them? <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah, that's so funny. Um, so today, our, Jonathan, when you and I spoke on the phone, we talked um a little bit about what you said is the Core, I forgot how you explained it. Like
0: the core I said the number one emotional health issue facing most people.
1: Right. Is that what? It, Yeah. Yes. And then you t- kind of tied that into online dating, too. Is that kind of what you...
0: Well, so dating triggers... Okay, so dating triggers the number one emotional health issue. And for those listening, this is um, our lack of self of not feeling good enough, not feeling lovable, not feeling likable, and nothing triggers that more than dating because while dating you would think should trigger all those happy endorphins and you feel good, but when you've had a, a letdown, a ghost, uh, a flake um, person in your life and this happens repeatedly, oftentimes people take that personally as a reflection of themselves. And That's so true. dating can absolutely, you know, trigger our abandonment issues, our lack of self-worth issues and that sort of thing.
1: Absolutely.
2: <laughs> I, yeah, I totally agree. Like, you know, we've talked about self-love and self-care in our routines so, so often, but the past few breakups I have gone through, I've left that relationship feeling so unlovable. And yeah. that, that feeling sucks.
1: It does suck. And it lingers. I feel like it lingers. And that's yeah. just that's not good for for your heart. That's not well, good
0: heart soul.: It's not good. Well, for part you. of that is we've been so conditioned to get love outside of ourselves. I mean, when we're babies, you know, we don't do anything, and our parents hopefully hug us and kiss us and love us. So we've literally been conditioned since we were infants to get love outside of ourselves. And then if we're praised in school or we're praised in sports, so we've been literally habitually conditioned and yet the average person hasn't learned how to give themselves that self-love. In other words, instead of getting it from somewhere else is how can I find it within myself to give my, to be my own cheerleader, to be my emotional support person, to give myself a big hug, virtually speak. you know, um, you know, kind of virtually (laughs) speaking, if you will, not virtual, but you know what I mean? Um, and, that's the part that needs to be overcome because the more we're dependent on someone else for our own self-worth, self-esteem, self-confidence, right? the, the more we're going to feel let down because mm-hmm. nobody can do it better than we can ourselves.
1: Right. I, I like that. I've never had that put in that perspective that we've been. Habitually. I just made it up. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Perfect. I love it. that you've That we've been habitually. That it's been coming from the outside. That's Yeah, that's so true. That's interesting. Okay, absolutely. Yeah, because when you... I mean, even just like for me most recently with the dating and the dating apps and you get disappointed and then you get so down on yourself or at least I have. Um, Yeah. You know, what did I do wrong? What could I have said? What could I have done differently? Am I... I don't know. Is there something wrong with me? So there's that. that.
2: Yeah. That's the one I always get to. It's like, what's wrong with me? Yeah. And
0: And which, by the way, the answer is nothing.
1: Well, so
2: I, every time I, that, that question crosses my mind, I try to counter it with Shana. What would you say to one of your friends if they said that? And I would say absolutely nothing. It's not, there's nothing wrong with you, but I can't help but say it to myself.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Like we're projecting in a sense,
0: isn't it fascinating? We will treat our friends or for those who have children, treat our children ten times better than we treat ourselves emotionally speaking, in other That's words, oh. we will give love to our children you know if if one of our children or one of our friends did exactly the same thing we did, we would give them nothing but love, but to okay. ourselves it's this inner attack this almost crucifixion if you will we're nailing ourselves to the cross emotionally speaking when nothing happened (laughs) you know someone just said i'm not interested in you that's all that happened right but to then crucify ourselves to condemn think about the the emotional condemnation that i and i'm i'm saying we, I'll just say myself, okay, for myself. I can. I habitually condemn myself right, over ridiculous things. Yeah. Well, I don't do it as much anymore now that I wrote a book about it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you figured it out.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, even though, you know, it's interesting. Even though I, I call myself a self-love advocate and from, you know, and, and let me differentiate between self-love and self-care because I think there is a difference self care is more for our physical well-being in other words whether it's getting manicures and pedicures and massages and and doing things to make our bodies feel good self love is emotional mm. self care absolutely
1: in other words that's
0: what self love is about loving on our emotional side versus the physical side
1: absolutely i would yeah, agree that's with good. that yeah 100%
0: um, and while they're incorporated in the self-love concept of taking care of our bodies and such, I want to I want to encourage everyone to begin uh, a practice of emotional self-care. And what that looks like is listening to podcasts like this. And, and my, my new podcast that just came out, which is called What the Heck? Or excuse me, it's called What Would Love Do podcast. The What Would ooh, Love Do podcast. Whoa. Yeah, the idea is exploring life, love, and the pursuit of inner peace through the eyes of love. In other words, you know, when we begin to embrace the word love, really embrace the word love for ourselves and for others, it begins to shift everything in our path, if you will, in our purview and our vision, if you will. So that's what I encourage people to do is start viewing things from the eyes of love.
1: Right. That's so true. It's, um, one of there's a girl I follow on Instagram, and she is really big on um, encouraging men and women to feel very empowered in themselves, um, physically. Yes. So she shares a lot of, um, and she's she's very po- She's very happy with her body. So she shares a lot of. You know maybe some risky photos, but she encourages others to send them in and she says, "You know send me your your selfie of you and your lingerie or guys send me you know a selfie of you and your and just feel good taking that picture um just taking it period and the feedback that she has gotten just from being loving yourself enough to be able to share something like that is just phenomenal and it's to me that's like one method of self care or self love. <laughs>
0: absolutely you know being able to accept ourselves for who we are and being able to embrace it which i'm a huge proponent although many people still at the core may not feel that way so there's this sometimes you have to fake it till you make it kind of thing you know in other words by sending those pictures and really embracing it is a great way to start
1: yeah um i have a question actually sure I checked out um some of your YouTube videos, and there was something okay. that stuck with me on one of them you said, Gosh, what was it um emotional maturity mm. um
0: yeah,
1: I think that which one was that oh my gosh, okay, I don't remember which video exactly well I think, I, it, was I
0: think it was called the five traits uh, chivalrous men have in common
1: what yeah, it was one of those um and yeah. just that emotional maturity really stuck out with me um from your experience and perspective, what does that look like?
0: Well, thanks for asking. So, I, I actually I'm, I'm now calling it emotional chivalry. Okay. <laughs> I'm playing. I'm, I'm playing with the word, right? I'm calling it chivalry. So, emotional maturity, or is really being able to, from the perspective of interpersonal relationships. In other words, there's emotional maturity within oneself, but I'm, I'm leaning into interpersonal relationship, whether it's romantic relationship or relationships with friends. Being a grown-up, like what does that look like to be a grown-up when you're interacting with someone? And in the relationship realm, I've actually identified five traits that are hugely important for emotional maturity. So since I shared in the video, can I share it here?
1: Please. Yeah absolutely.
0: So, and I'm, I'm going to make this quick, because that video was like 10 minutes long. But um, <clears throat> so number one is your actions match your words, your actions match your words. In other words, if you say you're going to do something, you do it. And while we all have a capacity of sometimes we don't, you know, we may not be able to be absolutely consistent, what you're, you're looking for is someone who is Um, consistent in their words. In other words, you can trust that when they say something, they're going to do it. So that's number one. Number two is they take personal responsibility for their choices. And what that means is you see this in the dating realm, uh, especially in relationship realm. A lot of people are like pointing the finger at the problem. Their past relationship was was the other person's fault. In other words, they take no ownership of it they take no ownership in their part of why that relationship ended and there's always two sides because you know the other person has their perspective and they're oftentimes pointing the finger at you and usually it lands somewhere in the middle right right yeah. so when you take responsibility for your part and and you approach it from victor consciousness and not victim consciousness In the dating realm right now, so many people act like victims. You know, I was with a cheater, I was with a liar, I was with an abuser, I was this. And they're literally moving into victimhood. I don't mean it literally speaking, but I'm talking about the consciousness. An empowered person, emotionally mature person, doesn't need to be, they're a victor, they're empowered. They go I I recognize I chose this relationship it wasn't the right relationship for me we had our differences I learned and grew from it I hope they did too that's an empowered statement and it's taking responsibility that's number 2 um, number 3 you're going to like this one okay i call it i call it fighting fair <laughs> okay fighting fair okay. and what i mean by that is that um, The reality is, is people are going to have conflicts with one another, right? Right. No two people are perfectly alike and perfectly aligned as much as Disney and Hallmark movies make it (laughs) seem that way. Although Hallmark movies don't make it seem that way. That was a joke. Um, (laughs) So fighting fair means is basically is when you're in a disagreement with someone you care about, is you listen to the other person's point of view and you accept their point of view it doesn't mean you have to agree with it, but you accept it because everybody's point of view or perspective is valid to them. Feelings are valid to another person. So fighting fair says, Hey, you know what? I have a disagreement. I'm going to listen to what you say. I'm going to accept what you say. I may disagree, but I'm going to listen and accept. In other words, it's not about being right. And sadly, but whether it's a man or a woman or, you know, Boy, boy, girl, girl. Oftentimes, where a lot of conflict happens is they don't know how to resolve differences in a healthy way, and that's that's first listening and accepting the other person's point of view. Um, that's what a grown up does, an emotional grown up does. Number four, empathy. Um, an emotional grown up cares about someone else's feelings. In other words, not, they don't have to feel the other person's feelings, but they care about it. In other words, it's important if it's important to your your partner, it's important to you. And that's what a grown-up does. And this is where sadly a lot of relationships have friction. In other words, your fe- m- only my feelings matter. Not, you, you know I'm not I'm not saying I'm you know I'm saying a lot of people are in relationship, in other words, it's only their feelings that matter.
1: Right. Right.
0: And an empathetic person says, no, your feelings matter. And then the fifth quality of emotional maturity, and by the way, this is the world according to Jonathan Asley, okay? So I'm not (laughs) saying, I didn't write the book on this, you know, I mean, it's not in some, this is just the world according to me, but the fifth one is transparency. And what I mean there is when you're in relationship with someone and your partner or your boyfriend or the guy you're, you're just starting to date, asks you a question you don't deflect it. You don't avoid it. You don't point the finger at the other person for ask. Transparency says, I'm going to be open and share who I am. Now, if, now you, there might be times when someone asks you something that's very personal, very sensitive, and you might need a little time to respond, or you might just say, I don't feel comfortable right now responding to that. That's okay if it's a sensitive subject, but transparency says, I'm going to be open. To this experience with you, I'm not going to be closed off because people that are closed off or deflective or avoiding, oftentimes are problematic. And these are the signs of emotionally mature people. Again, a world according to Jonathan.
1: I like that. I do. Too.
0: <laughs> I do too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: those are all really good. I, I have to say, I don't disagree with any of those. Um. Well, how do you feel, Shana? No, I
2: agree. And I was thinking like it's it's nice to hear those also because it I think it makes you kind of look in the mirror and say, like, mm. Oh shit, maybe there's a couple of those that I need to work on myself.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I thought about that too, Jonathan. When you were saying those out, I was like, There's like a light bulb. I was like, huh, okay.
0: <laughs> well, what's interesting and, and I, I coach I coach women, right? And and I, I love women, and and I'm here to say women are fantastic. But oftentimes they're not aware of their blind spots, and they're they're oftentimes pointing the finger at men at being the problem. And I'm here to say, from a dating realm, men are not the problem. <laughs> okay, human <laughs> beings are flawed. Uh-huh. Okay, we have we're riddled with flaws, and one of our weakest skills in relationship, whether it's a man or a woman is communication skills.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. We've talked about this. Yeah. We exhausted it. (laughs) Not exhausted,
2: but like it's, yeah.
1: (laughs) I have to say um, my best example would be my parents. They communicate so well. Um, Yeah. That's, that's like a a very good example I have of of what communication should look like in in a relationship and in a marriage. So that's Mm. good. That's a good uh, point to make is communication absolutely.
0: So, but what's interesting, and again, I work with women more, so I, I hear it from th- their perspective is men are poor communicators. And I'm here to say women can be equally as poor communicators as men. It's not a one sided thing, you know? Yeah. Um, so, and there's a great book I want to recommend to your audience to help with communication. It's, it's, a, it's a book called Now, the title should have been retitled. So I don't like the title. It's called Nonviolent Communication by Marshall Rosenberg. I repeat that. It's called Nonviolent Communication by Marshall Rosenberg. It should have been called Compassionate Communication because it teaches one how to express your feelings in a way that you can be seen, heard, and understood by the other person. And I encourage all my clients to buy this book. It really helps being able to express your feelings because your feelings are true to you. Your feelings matter and your feelings are true to you. But sometimes people express their feelings in an accusatory way, hence the word violent, right? It's very confrontational. Right. A lot of times when people are expressing their feelings or what they want, it's coming from confrontation and not conversation. So Marshall Rosenberg really helps improve people's communication skills by coming from an empowered place and not that victim or controlling place.
1: Right. That's good. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, just, that's definitely been an issue in my past relationships as communication, um, on my end and on their end as well. Um, one of my, probably the most, the last relationship I had, um, that was one of our biggest issues was communication. Um, and unfortunately yeah. that caused the demise of the relationship, um, unfortunately. So definitely important. Uh, do you have any tips? What works for you? What, what have you seen that works in regards to communication um, in the dating realm? So,
0: so I'll give you an example. So when we're communicating our feelings, oftentimes someone might say, you know, um, I got really upset when you didn't do this. Maybe a mm-hmm. same way, you know, like the something said, and just say, instead of saying, I felt sad or disappointed, I felt sad or disappointed when this happened. Right.
1: Um, I'll get, i okay, let me see. I, there was an example I had in my head and I wanted to relay it. So, how about like when, I'll use that same relationship as an example. Um, He, this is exactly what you said. The woman says they they blamed the guy for not communicating. (laughs) So he was very, um, he called himself a realist pretty much. And he would shut down if I brought an issue to, if I voiced a concern that I had. So how would you say would be a positive way for both parties to handle that? Uh-oh. Did we lose you? Jonathan?
0: Can you hear me? Hello? Hello? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I asked, can you give me an example of something that concerned you?
1: Um, what? Gosh, that was so long ago. Um actually uh, oh okay so he i actually am a person that requires that requires one of my love languages is quality time okay um and he was someone he was very busy and uh he worked two jobs and okay. there would be and he was also in a band and there would be times where i just wanted some time <laughs> <laughs> okay, And I would voice that, and he felt personally attacked and felt yeah. like I didn't respect the fact that he was busy, um, and that would cause tension, and I didn't know how to communicate without being offensive, without sounding like I didn't respect his career and his jobs and his hobbies.
0: Yeah, so you know what's interesting in that type of that particular situation? whether you, I'll share with you how you could have communicated with that. But what's interesting in that dynamic is you guys were mismatched. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Right off the bat, I can tell you that because, so I want you to think about this for a second. So he's got two jobs, he's got a band, he's got his friends, he's got this, and, and you're in this equation, right? Okay. But when does he even have time for himself too? So there might be that feeling when you're asking for time from someone who has a busy lifestyle and you're asking for more of that to, from your perspective, you're like, God, I'm not asking for much because you do all these other things, but in his world, it can be a big thing. So just being able to recognize that right off the bat is emotional maturity because you're stepping in going, okay, I understand where his perspective is coming from. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you could simply say, hey, you know what, hey, Tim or whatever his name is, you know, Tim, um, I'm feeling a little (laughs) bit sad that we don't spend more time together. And I recognize that you have a lot of activities and you've got your jobs and everything. And I certainly don't want to put any pressure on that, because I also recognize you probably want alone time. But something really important to me, if we're going to be in relationship is that we spend quality time together. So what do you think we can do to improve this?
1: Okay, I like you see
0: how I did that. Yes, my mind is
2: blown. That was brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) The fact that like,
0: like what you said. Because right? you actually incorporated him in the conversation, and you asked him to help come up with an answer. In other words, it's about coming to agreements instead of what you most likely did. Says, you know what? I don't. We don't spend enough time together, and I want to spend more time with you. And he's like, "Fuck, I can't please." Excuse my French.
1: No, that's fine. Okay, I didn't, to
0: that. Oh, we okay, I didn't know if I could curse. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, um, well, I know on some podcasts I'm not supposed to, but anyway. Um, so. It's, it's coming from a place of like, he's going, God, you're just like, you don't leave me alone. You know, I can't please you, right? That's right. what his perspective is coming from. But when you did it the way I suggested, it's a conversation and not a confrontation.
2: I like what that. I al- what I also really liked was that you said it was a mismatch from the beginning because if, and, and because I totally agree with Tanisha. I've been in a relationship like that where my, one of my love languages is quality time. And I was with someone who same thing, like just had multiple jobs and had all. Of
1: these... Oh no, we lost Jonathan. Let's buzz him. I wonder back if he'll in. be able to
2: click back in.
1: Yeah, I'll text him real quick. Um, hold on, guys. <laughs> Wish we had little like music to play. I know. Well, this makes it interesting. I'll tell him to re-click the link. Click link. We lost you. Yeah, I got bumped go. somehow.
0: Oh, sorry about that.
1: There you go. the chair, and
0: I apologize. <laughs> I don't know what happened.
1: <laughs> That's all right. Um, go ahead, Shana. Yeah,
2: yeah so, so I was in a relationship that was similar to Tanisha's where, you know, he really, he just was so busy that he barely had time for himself. And my love, one of my love languages being quality time, I felt like I was being neglected. And but really, if you look at it from an outsider's perspective, like you said, it was just a mismatch to begin with, because if my one of my if one of my love languages is quality time and someone doesn't have time.
0: So but that's an interesting thing, because quality time doesn't mean abundance of time. So if the time together was quality. That would be, so that, that's my question because was the time together quality? Uh Because if it wasn't, your love language was being that. So was it an issue of you wanted more of his time or the time itself wasn't quality?
2: The time itself wasn't quality. It was more basically, yeah, like he, you know, he had his, he had his life and his busy life and we'd see each other at night, like kind of to go to sleep.
1: Well, yeah. Okay, so then that makes me wonder. Was
0: that in regards yeah, to? I want to like just pick. I want to. I want to oh, p- poke sorry. around on this one. Was that on the weekends as well, or just Monday yeah. through Friday?
2: Um, it was on the weekends too, because he, without going into too much detail, he would. He just. He was busy, like with his multiple jobs, and he's also a very gregarious okay. person. Um, and so there, there would be some times that we would have quality time together and that was super fun but i felt like they were few and far between especially the further along we got into our relationship which wasn't very long by the way
0: okay well i just wanted to clarify by the way majority of the time a a lot of times issues you know by the way you talked about the love languages so there's the five love languages and if i'm sure your audience already knows about it but um Oftentimes, there's the mismatch in the way we communicate our love language. That's one area of mismatch in relationship or misalignment. And then there's the other, which is lifestyle, which can be very problematic in today's relationships is when lifestyles don't mesh with one another. And a lot of times people are trying to put square pegs in a round hole. In other words, it's it's a miss. So (laughs) sometimes people are just misaligned in their lifestyle, or maybe they're misaligned on an emotional level, like the love languages. But it doesn't make either person a bad person. It's just a misalignment.
1: Yeah, that's true. Right. So then should you discuss these love languages before you even dive into
0: into each other? I'm a big proponent that if you... (laughs) By the way, I can be graphic, right? <laughs> okay, so before yeah, 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 yeah. a penis absolutely. gets to enter in a vagina, absolutely. hey, <laughs> can we do this test online? It takes five minutes. It's called the five love languages test. It'll take you five minutes. Can you take the test, and I'm going to take the test, and we can have some fun talking about it together? Absolutely. And if anyone has a rejection of that, well, your penis doesn't get to play in my vagina until we do. I mean... <laughs> You know what blows me away? Okay, you know what blows me away about human beings? We will have sex with someone (laughs) we barely know. But if that person that we barely know we just had sex with said, can I borrow $10,000? The answer is absolutely no. In other words, we put more value on money than we do intercourse.
1: That's a good point.
0: In other words mm-hmm. i think you should only that's have sex with someone you're thing. willing to lend money to
1: <laughs> that's a good rule i mean well a I small mean, amount a 20 no energy. i'm just
0: kidding
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah because <laughs> that's a transfer of energy i mean that's important that can change everything i mean it can affect you emotionally yeah. it can affect him emotionally And yet
0: we treat money as 10 times more intimate than we do intercourse. Just a perspective. I'm just sharing an observation I have. So my feeling is, and I coach women obviously, is I'm a big proponent of encourage Hey. Start to like, i I encourage my clients when they go through my coaching program, I teach them how to vet for the right guy. And what I mean by vet is how to, how to choose the right guy. That's a big part of what I teach. And I help.
2: Yeah, I need help with that. Um,
0: because the reality <laughs> is 99 out of a hundred men you're going to meet are probably misaligned. So instead of going out on a hundred dates, I teach, I teach women how to eliminate that to get it down to five dates. So you're with with potentially the right guy versus a hundred dates, you know, hoping to find that right guy.
1: So when you say misaligned,
0: what okay, do you mean so by that? We,
1: exactly.
0: we all recognize that chemistry. Is like the nirvana, right? In other words, when you have chemistry with someone and we think, oh, you know, the you know, the harps are playing and Cupid is shooting his arrows, and that sort of thing. So we human beings have been so conditioned that chemistry equals relationship success. And if that were true, then the bodies wouldn't be piled up from here to the moon of everyone who had great chemistry that didn't work out. Can we agree? <laughs> I mean, it's like that many bodies, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. So that's chemistry. So the three other components of relationship success are shared values. In other words, do we share the same values? And here, like I live in Los Angeles. We are a melting pot of so many different cultures, so many different perspectives, so many different values that, you know, it's hard to find someone who shares your values. If you grew up in a small town and, Idaho, there's a good chance most everyone shares the same values. If it's a town of 150 people um, as an example, but here with 40 million people in California, you're going to have people with different values. And I don't mean values like honesty, integrity, trustworthiness. I'm talking about what values matter to you. Um, So that's number, that's number two, besides chemistry. Number three is blendable lifestyles. We just talked about that before, lifestyle compatibility. And a lot of people think compatibility is like, you like sushi? Me too. You like <laughs> you like, you know, you like the Rolling Stones? Me too. You like snowboarding? Me too. That's not compatibility. That's familiarity. Compatibility is: is your lifestyle right. going to be able to fit in mine? And is mine going to fit in yours? and i watch women pretzel themselves trying to conform to a guy's lifestyle when it should be a co-created mm-hmm. experience if it's going to be successful so do your lifestyles mesh with one another that's an important facet of compatibility that's number 3 and then the last one is emotional maturity and you know which we talked about before and most humans have very weak emotional skills and it's usually because they've been traumatized in their childhood or have had adult traumas that have created wounds so remember we were talking about feeling abandoned when a guy doesn't call you well that's a wound that happened in your childhood that you felt abandoned by your parents and that's why it feels so scary so Emotional grown-ups can navigate the relationship because they come at it from a place of maturity and not insecurity and fear or ego, for that matter. Because a lot of people enter into a relationship with a ton of ego.
1: Yep, we've talked about that too—that oh, wow. big ego, <laughs> which we all can have. I mean, we've. I feel like every person has a little bit of an ego. Well, healthy ego that kind of comes up at some point. Healthy ego in time. says,
0: I love myself. That's what healthy ego says. I love myself. Unhealthy ego says, I'm <laughs> in love with myself. Um, and I just made that up, by the way. But my point is, in other words, I'm mm-hmm. the only one that matters. That's what unhealthy the ego does. And unhealthy ego also. Remember, right. we talked about the emotional crucifixion. That's what unhealthy ego does. It beats us, ourselves up.
1: Right. So something I um what what I find works for me um to kind of get out of that crucif- cru- crucifix. I can't ever say that word. Crucification. <laughs> crucifixion. <laughs> crucifixion. There you go. After um to help me deal with that. I literally have to cut myself off, um, which is what I did with deleting all those dating apps and the phone numbers. Um, I will hold myself up for a few days and I just, I kind of ride the wave of the emotions. And then once I feel like I'm coming out of the anger phase, so usually my anger phase, it comes after the sadness. (laughs) I, then start doing my little self-care routine, like the things that I do. Like you you mentioned, Jonathan, that's yeah. the physical. I'll take a hot bath. I'll drink some wine. I'll give myself a facial. I'll journal. Um, I started running again. Um, that kind of helps me feel good okay. about me. Um, and then once I feel good about me, then I realize, you know what? I look good. I feel good. I'm an honest person. I know who I am and I know that I'm not to blame for this and I don't deserve to be so negative towards myself. And I can just accept what happened for what it is instead of blaming myself. Um, So I think it's important that we all kind of tap into our own little self-care routine to help deal with all of those emotions.
2: That's interesting because I think I have a very good self care routine, and then I don't have a great self love routine. And in, mm-hmm. in terms of you know the the most, the emotional and mental part of loving yourself, right? Like loving yourself for who you are.
1: Right. Yeah. No, but
2: I never would have really thought of that or put that together until the, having this conversation right now.
1: Yeah I did I didn't either until Jonathan said self love routine versus self care yeah, <laughs> because a
0: lot of times people put their energy into self care and self love is the following it's investing in personal development self help and spiritual work in other words it's an investment in it's a and to me it's a daily investment into your emotional well-being. So what does that look like? It might be reading a book like The Untethered Soul, which is fantastic with helping you learn how to talk to the voices in your head. It might be listening to Marianne Williamson's CD called Return to Love. Fantastic book on helping understand the emotional effects of our um Uh, our well-being. It might be going to a personal development workshop like Insight or Hoffman, just to name a few. There's so many different things. Meditation is a great practice to sit and be still and do a guided meditation. All of these realms help with your emotional maturity because here's the thing. Imagine that if you were disappointed in a relationship, that you d- even, you got to the point where it's Teflon. And what I mean to say is it doesn't affect you. In other words, that person can have their opinion of you or that person can do what they do, but you don't need to go down that rabbit hole of feeling I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, I'm not lovable. That's what that's what self-love does. It's like a vaccination to emotional chaos. In other words, you're, you got the flu shot ahead of the time. You're not gonna get the flu even if it happens even if you're surrounded right. by everyone who's got corona you're not going to get it <laughs> because you love yourself so much <laughs> emotionally speaking i don't mean that literally oh. okay <laughs>
2: uh-huh
0: uh-huh um, and then the self care is like just that. for fun it's yeah. not something you need to get yourself out of a funk it's something you get to do for fun
1: <laughs> right yeah that makes sense that does, that absolutely makes sense so then i would i would assume and I, I would say that that definitely takes
2: practice yes.
1: um your the self love routine um maybe it, it takes time it takes practice it takes maturity it takes diving deep into yourself and figuring out how to get to that level and then maintaining that
0: it's not it's a daily practice in fact i'm a big you know there's an old saying how do you get to carnegie hall Practice, practice, practice. And it's the same, by the way, the way an athlete trains, the way a musician trains. You know, when someone's learning how to play the piano, they don't just say, here you go. You know, you practice incessantly right. over and over just to learn the basic keys. So that's the initial phase of personal development is learning all the different keys and the different notes and things like that. And then when you learn a song, you have to do it over and over and over again. And humans are rather lazy, They'll they'll invest in learning how to play the piano, but they (laughs) won't invest in their own emotional well-being because we take it for granted. We just assume we should be emotionally mature. And that's that ego fucking with us because the ego is going to constantly give you things to mess with your chi so you can choose to love yourself. It's going to constantly get...
1: You should always choose yourself. Yes, but
0: the ego is always going to give you... It's going to give you opportunities to love yourself all the time by fucking with you. Right. (laughs) It's very (laughs) sneaky, the ego. And I mean the unhealthy ego.
1: It is. Because health... Creeps up on you. Comes out of nowhere. Yeah, and healthy
0: ego says... Screw you, unhealthy ego. I'm going to love myself right now. I'm going to do something. I'm going to read a book. I'm going to go to a workshop. I'm going to go um, and maybe exercise is a way to release energy. Because here's the other thing is our body stores up a lot of that trauma that we had in childhood and that negative energy. So it's a really important to expel it out of us through physical activity There might, and somatic therapy and that sort of thing, which is actually getting any of that trapped emotions out of our bodies.
1: Absolutely. Shane and I are massage therapists, so we are definitely big proponents of how the body can store trauma mm. and emotion. <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: And how, yeah, like how you can work on a specific area of the body over and over. And if it's not releasing or getting better, it's like, well, what else is happening in there? Like what's, yeah. what's there?
1: Yeah. You can definitely tell when there's some emotional trauma in the body. You can feel it.
0: <laughs> yeah. A lot of people don't. Uh, um, that's why I even take a baseball bat to a pillow sometimes when things are just ah, I'm out of control and just releasing that just to release energy. Not from a violent perspective, but just from an energetic release perspective.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. Because that's more of a positive way of releasing those emotions as opposed to letting it boil over and then you say something hurtful or for some people they do get physical um, and those are all negative. Whereas doing something positive, like you said, exercise or taking the (laughs) baseball bat to the pillow, (laughs) that's more of a positive release. That's not no. You just want to get that
0: energy out of you, and you feel so much better, especially if you've done it for at least. And by the way, men and women can do this, so it's not singular to one.
1: Uh oh. Yeah, I'm here. Jonathan. Okay, relaxing for a second. (laughs) Um, cool. Well, we're kind of (laughs) wrapping up here. Is there anything else that you want to share, Jonathan? In general. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> jonathan i see he's still logged in
2: yeah it might just be coming in and out
1: yeah it be the connection jonathan
2: well i'll actually say something i'm like back to kind of piggyback on what, what y'all <laughs> are saying about like oh there he is never mind there okay. he
1: is go ahead Shayna.
2: well this was just like i'm just sharing an experience that i had and i may have talked about this in a previous episode but like talking about kind of releasing that negative energy um, when I was going through a breakup over the summer and I, you know, was, I was in the anger phase and I was just like seeing red. I was so angry that and I'm not a I'm not a runner, um, but I would go um, for a jog and then I would listen to Rage yeah. against the machine, like really loud in my headphones. Yeah. And, and then I would set my timer for like 30 to 45 second sprints. And just, like, run as fast as I can for 30 to 45 seconds and then walk for, like, a minute and a half, two minutes to catch my breath and do that over for, like, 10 or 15 minutes, just, like, sprinting. And afterwards, I, like, all of that energy, like, released and I got to the (laughs) point where I was laughing. Really? Yes. Because, like, that was just, like, I was using all of that, like, excess energy. It literally felt like my head was going to explode. Right. And then, you know, after that energy was gone, it was just, like, laughing at, like, just how... (laughs) All right. I'm better now. <laughs> and I did, so I did it often. I didn't just do it one time. Like I had to do it multiple times. But I was right. like, oh, that really worked.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. If, you know, we all have to find something that works for us. Um, that's healthy. That's not violent. That's helps yeah. us release that energy. That's cool. That's funny that you laughed at the end. Yeah. Um, jo- Jonathan, I didn- I was just saying, is there anything that you'd like to
0: add before we wrap it all oh, up? Oh God, it's we like covered so much. This was so much soon. fun. Thank you both. Uh, sorry. I got disconnected a few times. Um, yeah, I just want to say that I'm a, That's I'm okay. again, <laughs> I'm a big proponent of a per a daily practice of personal development, self-help and spiritual work and, and whatever that means to you. Um, I, when I created my book, what the heck is self-love anyway, um, It was designed to help take you on that journey. And at the end, I offer so many different resources to invite everyone to begin a daily practice of working on themselves, both on a self-care basis, a physical basis, and more importantly, an emotional basis. Because when we have a healthy, sovereign I, meaning the I inside of me is healthy and strong, we can navigate almost any emotional crisis, with a lot more grace and ease um, than that crucifixion we talked about. Yeah. I like
1: that. I like what you said with grace and ease. That's so so important. I like that. Mm -hmm. We can definitely, um, I will admit, I definitely (laughs) have not always been graceful. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think we've all been there. Um, Oh, thank you both. Thank you so much. This was fun.
2: It was very enlightening. I feel like I learned a lot. My perspective has shifted a little bit. Like I kind of can see a little, (laughs) hopefully it sticks with me for the next relationship, but it's like, I can see kind of where things could have been viewed at differently from past relationships. And you've given me some things to kind of think about and work on and like look in the mirror at myself, just kind of be like, okay, this is something that, has been an issue in the
0: past. Well, when you need help and you're Righto. dating someone, Absolutely. give me a reach out. And we'll work on it.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, so just yes. real quick, Jonathan, um, <laughs> let everyone know sure. how they can reach you if they're interested. Sure, and well, then a couple of places. I'm on up.
0: YouTube, so you can just go to Jonathan Aslay, and that's spelled A-S-L-A-Y. I've got a podcast called the What Would Love Do podcast, which is on Apple and Google and Stitcher and all those places, and it's on my website as well. And certainly my website, JonathanAslay.com, and I've got a free gift for everyone if you go to my website.
1: Oh, awesome. Nice. Thank you Thank so you much, Jonathan, for Absolutely informative. Shana, do you want to wrap it up? Oh,
2: am I going to read the email
1: today? Yeah, See do you want to remember it.
2: it? All right, guys, uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, as always, if you want to be a guest on our show or if you have any thoughts or a story you want us to share, please reach out to us. Um, we're having a really good time with this. Uh, so the email is we hate everyone so do you at gmail.com and we so look forward to hearing from you jonathan it was such an honor thank you both thank you so much Um, and
1: we'll catch you guys next time right yeah